This presentation has been previously broadcast. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Irrelevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. I hope your Monday is off to a good start. Monday, the second week of Easter here. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and welcome to The Inner Life. Let me ask you, what's your favorite song? Do you have a favorite? Or maybe that's changed throughout your life over the years. As you've matured, as you've grown, and you've heard more and more music, have your tastes evolved? Or do you have that same favorite song from many, many years ago? Here's another question for you. Do you have any idea what might be the most popular song of all time? Now, I'm sure that that question could be debated by different people, depending upon the criteria and the means of how you might quantify the popularity of different songs, especially before our current age of charting singles. Now, there is one song, though, that I'd like to tell you about, and most likely you have heard it. Uh, Maybe even like me, you've heard it several, several times. I would guess I've probably heard this song hundreds of times throughout my life, um, whether I've played it, what I, whether I've heard it on the radio. And while it might not be the most popular song of all time, at one point this song actually held the world record, according to Guinness, as being the most covered song in the history of recorded music with more than 2,200 cover versions out there. Now, it doesn't hold that currently, but it did at one point uh, in the Guinness Book of World Records. And when it was released, it reached number one on the charts in the U.S., along with being number one in Belgium, the Netherlands, Norway, and Sweden. And then in 1999, as the end of the millennium was approaching, it was voted the best song of the 20th century in a BBC Radio 2 poll of music experts and listeners. And then the very next year, year 2000, It was voted the number one pop song of all time by both MTV and Rolling Stone magazine. And then BMI, Broadcast Music Incorporated, says that it has been, it was performed over 7 million times in the 20th century. So any idea what the song is? I'll give you another hint. Released in 1965, here it is, give a listen. Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday Suddenly I'm not half the man I used to be Of course, that's Yesterday by Paul McCartney. And that is different than anything else that the Beatles had released up to that time. It was the first time that only one member of the band had been featured on a song. None of the other Beatles play any additional instruments. None of them are singing any harmonies there. And so that was a first. And in fact, the final recording was so different from any other song that the Beatles had done at that point that all of the band members vetoed the release of the song as a single in the UK. But there was one other person who helped to craft this song in a very significant way. Now, most of us know those names of the four, the Fab Four, right? John, Paul, George, and Ringo. And there is one person, a lesser-known George, 
George Martin, who very heavily influenced the sound of the Beatles. If you're a Beatles fan, you've probably heard of him. But uh, if you just listen to the Beatles, you know, occasionally when they come along, you might not be familiar with Sir George Martin. He was the producer for all of the Beatles singles and albums, with the exception of the Let It Be album. And for that song that we just heard yesterday, George Martin came up with a suggestion that was not very well received by Paul or the other Beatles. After Paul had recorded a couple of takes with Yesterday, just the simple guitar and the vocal track, they tried other different things to fill out the song, even had John who played the organ behind the, the guitar, but nothing seemed to work. And George Martin, he was quietly listening in the background there in the studio and thinking about what might be appropriate for the song, and he finally approached Paul and suggested adding in violins and other strings. And Paul balked at this idea. He, he said, no, not interested. But George Martin, he said, well, let's try a very small number of strings, just a string quartet. And then Paul McCartney, in his own words, he tells the story. He says, George Martin had the idea to put the string quartet on it. And I said, no, I don't think so. He, George said, I've got a really good feeling for it. I can hear it working. And I said, are you kidding? This is a rock group. I hated the idea. But he cleverly said, let's try it. And I thought, that's fair enough. He said, if we hate it, we can take it off. We'll just go back. It's very nice, just with the solo guitar and your voice. So George Martin worked with Paul. He finally persuaded him, and they worked on creating that score for the string quartet, and they recorded the strings and finally had the version of Yesterday that we all know. And it went on to become one of the most popular and most loved songs of the last century. And when Paul begins that second verse with the words, Suddenly, I'm not half the man I used to be, and those strings enter the song, it transports it to another place. And I find it so interesting that while Paul McCartney wrote the song yesterday, without George Martin quietly working in the background, making those suggestions like adding in a string quartet, that song might have lacked the beauty and the depth that those strings bring to the finished version. Well, today here on The Inner Life, we want to look at somebody else who's often seen kind of in the background of our Lord's life, but who adds such a huge dimension to our understanding of the life of our Lord. That, of course, is the Blessed Mother, Mary. And during this season of Easter, while we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, we want to examine what Our Lady can teach us about living out the resurrection in our own lives and how she can be an example to us of being quiet yet effective in working for the kingdom of God, even if you're not in the spotlight. And we want to look at how Mary has been working in our own lives. Maybe you've had that experience when Mary has been quietly working and interceding in your life. Was there a time when you looked back, and even though you didn't realize at the time, after seeing how everything turned out, it was obvious that Mary, our Blessed Mother, was silently helping you all along the way? Well, if you have that experience in your life, I know you're going to love this episode of The Inner Life. And joining us today as our spiritual director, making his uh, debut here on The Inner Life, is Father Sean Grismer. He's a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and is currently serving as associate pastor of St. Bridget Catholic Church in Loves Park. Father Grismer, welcome to The Inner Life today. Thanks, Josh. It's great to be on, to be on with you, so thanks for having me. Yeah, and as I mentioned, you know, we've got this image of Mary where we see her at different points in our Lord's life. 
but everything that we see of her, she, you know, while she's prominent there, especially at the beginning, the Annunciation and the Visitation, uh, the birth of our Lord, she kind of then steps into the background once we get past those points. You know, we see her again when he's 12 years old. Uh, we, we see her a couple of times during Jesus's public ministry, but we don't have that same sort of, uh, you know, interaction with her that we get to see at the very beginning, especially uh, of St. Luke's Gospel. And so uh, with Scripture not telling us a lot, it might be good to just start out and say, what do we know about Mary's life after the crucifixion, but maybe before the resurrection, those days there? Um, the beloved apostle, we know that John would have taken her into his home, but do we know anything else about what happened there in those days before the resurrection, but after the crucifixion? It's a, it's a great question and um, something that scholars have studied, but Mary is such a fascinating person. No, she's like, she's, she's hidden, yet her impact in scripture and upon the life of our Lord uh, is not only not insignificant, but is revolutionary. She's the one who says to him, to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And that kickstarts his entire public ministry. Um, but these sort of like these quiet moments that lead up to these significant, very significant moments in history uh, all come from within the, the silence of her heart, which is what scripture Luke talks about. He's right. He says that she takes these things and ponders them in her heart. And so it's a great question when we look at Mary after the death of Christ and before, you know, Pentecost or, or after the resurrection, where, where is she in those moments? And um, just recently, uh, I think on Discovery Plus, they came out with a movie called Resurrection. And, um, you know, we could have a discussion about the film at, at some other time. But something that I, I had never really considered or, or they portrayed, or I thought they portrayed well, was the confidence Mary had in the day of Holy, uh, on Holy Saturday. That is, she was utterly confident that Christ would rise from the dead. Right? Because, in, in, and she is, we have a very a list of titles for her mediatrix of all graces we you know she's the, the hope of the nations all these things she's she is the the new ark of the new covenant etc cetera, etc cetera. um and all of those come from from her life about who god made her to be so in this moment where christ has died the apostles are now scattered or living in fear um, and some of them come back together where is she and what part does she play and i and I, I think that the most significant answer is that she, she is the one who continues to live on in hope while others have seemingly lost hope. Now, again, we don't, we don't hear about this on, in Scripture about Holy Saturday, except for that Peter and they all kind of disperse. But she has the fullness of the Holy Spirit with her. Well, what, who is the Holy Spirit? Third person of the Trinity. The third person of the Trinity knows what's about to happen. Right? Like the third person of the Trinity is very confident about, about what is to come. Therefore, she, who is in union with the Holy Spirit because of the gift of her Immaculate Conception, because of the gift of the Annunciation, where the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, she is in union. We can even say the spouse of the Spirit um, because of, uh, of of this union that she has already had with him, is utterly confident on Holy Saturday about Christ rising from the dead. And I thought that this movie Resurrection sort of portrayed that well in a way that I've never seen portrayed. 
where the others are doubting and she's almost kind of perturbed and she's like, he will rise. Do you not believe his promises? Do you not believe him? Uh, and I think, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that uh, it, it makes me think back to where Jesus, uh, at 12 years old, they've left yeah. Jerusalem for the Passover. It's done. They they walk. They realize after a day of travel that Jesus is not with them. They come back. And Mary, when they finally, when she and Joseph finally do find Jesus there in the temple with the teachers, she says, why have you done this to us? We've been looking for you. And uh, I just pulled it up here. So it's verse 48 of Luke chapter 2, where it says, your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And do you think there would have been having seen all of the different miracles, you know, the the healing of the sick and the blind, raising Lazarus from the dead, um, all of the different, you know, the, the, the wine at the wedding feast of Cana, all these different miracles and seeing all of that happening, do you think that allowed her then to maybe get beyond that anxiety that would have been when he was 12 years old to the point where she was able to then say with that confidence that, yeah, I'm looking forward to him fulfilling yet another one of his promises. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our our life is a, a it's like a series of playing connect the dots, no? Um, if we have a whole bunch of bad experiences in our life, we play connect the dots, and I just think that more bad experiences are about to happen. But if I if I start to play connect the dots of where has Christ been faithful to me in my life, and this is what I believe our Blessed Mother does, I play connect the dots and I realize that what I'm about to step into my next stage of life is about to be something magnificent because he's shown his glory through it all. So you think about the apostles who lived in fear. We had this passage this past Sunday. The apostles closed themselves in fear. Would my, my, my pondering was, was, was Mary, would she have been there been like, Hey guys, open the doors because the Lord delivered her even at the moment of the conception of Christ from being stoned. Then he delivered her again when he, the angel came to Joseph and said, leave Bethlehem and, and go to Egypt for Herod's trying to kill your child. So the, Mary was confident that the Lord would always protect her because he always had protect her. Um, he had already done that throughout her life. So if you play connect the dots, she's like, he's going to continue to protect us in this situation. And I think if you do the same thing with the, with the moments of, of his fulfillment of the promises that he had made or that the prophets had made, Mary can do that as well. She plays connect, we play connect the dots and we're like, no, he's going to rise from the dead because A, the prophets talk about it, and B, he himself promised it. And it would be baffling if he fulfilled every promise except that one. Well, and that's the big one, right? <laughs> that's the biggest promise yeah. right there. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, and, and, and not only is it the biggest, it's the, it's the thing that all the others rest upon. Right. Um, but it's, it's when we look at her during those days, we can, I think, find hope in whatever situation that we, we find ourselves. Like if we, if we like recently lost a job or lost our car, or lost our house, or, or and those are really large and significant, but even seemingly the insignificant ones, right? Like we're in a bad moment in a relationship or, or we're finding ourselves struggling with a certain sin or something. Um, if we sit in that, it's that the tension of life is to live in Holy Saturday. 
which is knowing the, the pain that I'm in, and not to negate it, right? That's the crucifixion. And on the other hand, I am holding on to this radical hope. And not, not like a hope like, man, I hope I win the lottery, but I never buy a ticket. No, it's like it's radical hope that Jesus Christ will fulfill the promise that he said. So if I'm out of a job, out of a house, out of a car, whatever it might be, and Jesus says, I've never abandoned you, and I will never abandon you, then I have to live with this tension of being in the pain of, of the suffering and at the same time this confidence that Jesus has not nor will he abandon me. And I think that's what we find in our Blessed Mother on Holy Saturday, that she, she perfectly, or, or at least more perfectly than everybody else, lives in this tension of being like, I am sorrowful at my son's passing and I am utterly confident that he will rise from the dead because of the promises that he gave. And, um, and, and I think sometimes we, we just kind of sit back as Christians or as Catholics and we're like, yeah, like I know God will like work everything out. But like that, and that's fine. But it, I think it's, it's, um, it does some damage, if you would, to the, to the real significance of how has God worked it out in my life in the past? How has he never abandoned me? That's his promise. He made it, he made it in John 15. Therefore, if I see the moments where he has not abandoned me, then I can be utterly confident and darn sure that he is going to be with me in the end and in this moment. So looking at those past experiences, not negating the present situation of difficulty that I'm in, holding on to the confidence of the promise of Christ, in some way we're juggling these, but holding on to this tension and letting him fulfill what he's promised in us. I think that's, that's really what our Blessed Mother shows to us in this Holy Saturday. Um, if, if not, then I think, you know, our faith is, uh, well, it's, it's insignificant or it's, it's baffling because she, someone has to model it for us, and I think she does that for us. Our spiritual director today is Father Sean Grismer, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and we're looking at Mary and her role there in the resurrection of her son, Jesus, and how she can be that example to us, but also how we don't have a lot from Scripture that gives us anything to go on there, but she's quietly working in the background. She's quietly there, part of what's happening. When has that happened in your own life? When has God been working? And Mary Mary has been a part of that, quietly working and interceding in your life. When did you look back and and even though you didn't maybe realize it at the time, after seeing how everything turned out, it was obvious to you that our Blessed Mother was silently helping you along the way. You can share your experience, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Or you can email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com, and we'll talk more about Mary and the Resurrection after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. 
Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Sean Grismer, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and the associate pastor of St. Bridget Catholic Church in Loves Park. And we're talking about Mary and what she can teach us about her role after the resurrection of Jesus. Um, There's not a lot that we see in Scripture there. And Father Grismer, we were talking about that Holy Saturday, that time between the crucifixion and the resurrection. But looking ahead, um, we really don't see anything discussed of Mary. You know, she's there, obviously very prominent in the uh, Annunciation, Visitation, the birth of Jesus. Um, We see her in that story that we were talking about, the uh, when Jesus is 12 years old and he's a child uh, lost, uh, not lost <laughs> by himself, but his parents can't find him, and they finally locate him in the temple. We see her there at Jesus' first public miracle at the wedding feast of Cana. Uh, we know that she's nearby at different points of Jesus' public ministry. We hear, you know, somebody says, your mother is outside um, wanting to talk to you. And we finally see her there at the foot of the cross, and we know that she's there at these different points, but then we don't really see her again until she's in the upper room praying with the apostles and other people right there before the Feast of Pentecost. Why do you think there's that that absence of Mary from the foot of the cross until Pentecost? That's a, that's a great question, Josh. I think um, there's probably a lot more people who have written about those things <laughs> I could say, but... John Paul II, he wrote a, a really, one of his audiences in 1997, May 21st, um, he talks about this, like, really he kind of talks about the question about, did Jesus appear to Mary? Um, and he says, most likely, yes. And even back into like the fourth or fifth century, there were writers, and I think Augustine even talked about, like, it's, it's absurd to think Christ wouldn't have appeared. And to, to get to your question of, like, why isn't she mentioned, John Paul II alludes to the fact that at the, gift, at the moment of the Annunciation, she was already heralding the Messiah. So therefore, this moment of, like, um, if you would, this anticipation of Pentecost wasn't needed for her, because she already had the fullness of the Spirit. But in, in, and for, like, Jesus to show himself to his apostles, it was to overcome their doubt and their disbelief. Where for Mary, she fully, if we talk about Holy Saturday, she fully believed. So when he appears to her, which we don't see in scripture, but in the tradition of the church, it, we it suggested that he would have appeared to her even before Mary Magdalene. Um, it would have been a, it, not a, not a overcoming of doubt or despair or disbelief, but rather a um, allowing her the gift of seeing the fulfillment of that which was promised to her at the Annunciation. So in, in the, the, John Paul II also suggests that perhaps the writers didn't include it because it would have been sort of too biased, if you would, for the people who are like, well, of course, like you would put that she was in there. And, um, but, but really, I think it's because she didn't need, to, didn't need to overcome her disbelief. She already believed fully. Therefore, uh, she was walking in confidence and in the surety of the risen Christ, where mm-hmm. the others were still, even like you think about the multiple occasions where Jesus appeared to them on the lake of, um, of Galilee. And they're still surprised. <laughs> like, Oh, it's him. Like, it's like every time they see him, they're, they're surprised it's him. And no one dared to ask who he was. Like all these significant scriptures that you're like, Oh, they, they were still getting used to the idea that Jesus rose from the dead. But Mary, I think she was fully aware, 
fully confident and she didn't need that assurance. And it gives us hope because that means that there's a, a place for us to grow in confidence of the risen Christ so that later in life, as we grow in, in our spiritual life, we don't need uh, different assurances. We're just like, no, he rose. I can walk forward in confidence and boldness. And when Pentecost comes, thanks be to God. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I think that, that, that confidence. Yeah, and, and it also makes me think, as you're talking about her having that gift of the Holy Spirit before the apostles would have received the power, the gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, it gives that idea of confirmation, having that that confidence, but then being mm-hmm. confirmed in that confidence for Mary would have been something that would have would have happened in a very real substantial way. And then we see that that sacrament of confirmation then is given you know that sealing of the Holy Spirit is then given to the apostles to where she can say, "Yeah, now now you're 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 at the same place I am." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and we receive that right. Our sacraments receive it in confirmation, so it's not like we have to go looking for it. It's like it's already within us. We can give Jesus permission to open that up. It's like a they often use the example of it's like a Christmas present that's been not been unwrapped yet. It's like, there it is. It's like, well, how do I get it? It's like, you don't need to get it. It's already in you. You just ask Jesus to unwrap it. Jesus, open the Holy Spirit in my life and my life will be changed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Absolutely. We're talking with Father Sean Grismer about Mary and the resurrection. And Mary, even though uh, the, the scriptures are quiet about her role there between the resurrection and Pentecost, what can we learn from Mary, uh, especially just that quiet working and interceding? When, when have you looked in your own life and seen that Mary has been that one at work quietly interceding on your behalf? We'd love to hear how she has worked in your life. You can give us a call here at the studio, 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149, or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Father, let's go to Sophia. She's listening in Northern California. Hi, Sophia. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I do just have to share this testimony with everyone. It was just, it, it's even to this day a miracle. My husband and I, at that point, a few years ago, several years ago, we were going to get a divorce. I mean, I'm sure like many couples... You get to the point where everything's bickering, little things, big things. It's just It becomes a pattern and a habit, a bad habit. Anyhow, we got to the point where it was going to be a divorce. Uh, he had already submitted paperwork to the court. I had a deadline. I was going to have to respond. And I remember there was one night where I thought, dear Lord, oh, I, I, as a matter of fact, I put on relevant radio low on the phone. I was sleeping. Uh-uh. I took myself and put myself on the couch. Anyhow, I thought I need to be able to even know that there's prayers going on behind me and I'm going to try to get some sleep. Mm -hmm. I needed the sleep. Anyhow, as Relevant Radio was playing, this beautiful voice, and it was Mother Mary. It was this apparition. She just, it was just stunningly beautiful. Every time we're at Mass and we happen to pray the Hail Mary, uh, it's like I'm seeing her all over again. Anyhow, um, uh, she just said in the sweetest voice, she said, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. And when she said that, she said, just do like Jesus. And when she said that, I fully knew it was this, have this overwhelming mercy and love. And what that really translated in, in my life with my husband immediately that next day, you know, 
I, I had that full confidence talking about the confidence. I told my husband, you have to take out the papers out of the court. Do as if this never happened. Do that. Do away with that. Take it all out. No contingencies, nothing, no conditions. And he did. And let me tell you, even my own reaction to anything that could have bothered me, even that next day, we were at that point with tension that even when I knew he wanted to start or to do a bicker, I just said, I would think of myself, dear Lord, thank you for giving me this beautiful moment to only focus on you. But that full confidence that was there with Mother Mary is what did it together. It just everything. And he did. He took everything out. And let me tell you, to this day, it has changed so much that even the change became in him, where I know that when he's going to say something, he tries to reword it or to not be as harsh or to, but it has been just a full miracle in our life to this day. And that was already a few years ago that that happened. It's just incredible. But it was that full confidence when Mother Mm. Mary said, just do like Jesus, don't worry, that changed everything. Yeah, Sophia, thank you so much. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful testimony. And, um, and I appreciate that, that in that testimony, um, you, you know, heaven and earth work together. And so even you're saying like, our Blessed Mother came and used to, and she said these words to you and it filled you with this confidence. Um, you didn't just simply be like, ah, well, everything's going to work out either way. But you went and you spoke to your husband and you said, take everything back. Right, take let's take it back. And and then there was a change that obviously working through some sort of communication in him that it wasn't like he's just gonna continue acting in the same way. But but on both of your parts there was this beautiful you can say conversion or repentance that is a turning away from what formerly was and starting a, a different sort of mentality. I love that. I love how heaven and earth interacted and there was both the spiritual and the, the practical. That's so beautiful. Sophia, thank you for thank you for sharing your story with us. Yeah, Sophia, that is beautiful, and I'm so glad that your marriage was able to be repaired there. And uh, I know there's so many people listening that have just received so much hope from hearing your story. Uh, I know there are so many people going through those difficult times in their marriages. And maybe you've had an experience like Sophia's, where Mary has been working in your life, helping to intercede. And you can share your story by giving us a call at 888-914-9149, our studio line, 888-914-9149. And our spiritual director is Father Sean Grismer. And Father Grismer, um, you know, I I was thinking back to... um, what you were saying before Sophia's call, too, about Mary, she was already bringing Jesus into the world. You know, she did that literally, physically, by carrying him uh, in her womb and giving birth to him. But we see that in a lot of different ways that that happens, whether with her cousin Elizabeth, the unborn John the Baptist at the visitation, um, obviously the other people there in Bethlehem. We see it at the wedding feast of Cana where she brings Jesus, um, you know, brings them and the the servants there together. Would this be something that she would have continued after the resurrection, 
that bringing her son to others or bringing others to her son, is that one of those things that we can look at that time between the resurrection and Pentecost and, and say this is another way that we can learn from Mary? I think absolutely. I think um, when we look at those sort of hidden days of our Blessed Mother, um, we might ask the question, um, how did the apostles open themselves to the Holy Spirit? You know, obviously Jesus rose from the dead and they saw him. But by whom, by whom did they learn to receive the Holy Spirit? And I think the, the fact that in Acts of the Apostles, one chapter 1, verse 14, it says, uh, they were all together in one place, and Mary and the apostles were there. Signifies that her presence um, is not insignificant in them receiving the Holy Spirit. Because so Saint Louis de Montfort talks about this in the, the True Devotion to Mary. He says wherever the the Blessed Mother is, the Holy Spirit flies to her like a, a bridegroom to his bride. Um, and so there's that already that language of spousal unity of Mary and the Spirit, and Therefore, so Mary's present in a certain place. You can be confident, is that word again, confidence, that the Holy Spirit is going to be drawn to that place. So I, I think, if you may, sort of to use an allegory, if the, the place of the upper room is sort of like that womb of Mary that Christ got to be grown in for nine months. No, he was born, he was conceived in her womb. And, and it was a place of safety. It was a place of the Spirit because the, over, the Holy Spirit already overshadowed her. So now she's in the upper room with the apostles and the other people, and they're praying. Well, who's teaching them how to pray? I'd suggest it was with, of course, the words of our Lord that he taught, but also our Blessed Mother, who creates this place of safety so that the Holy Spirit can come in his fullness. Wherever you find the Blessed Mother, you will always find the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? He leads us to Jesus. He leads us to the Father through Jesus. So it's it's sort of a uh, you get you, you get everything that you pay for when you you go to our blessed mother you get the, the Trinity because of because of her. <laughs> our spiritual director is Father Sean Grismer, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and we're talking about Our Lady, our Blessed Mother Mary, and how she was working at that time between the Resurrection and the Feast of Pentecost. And even though Scripture is quiet on that, we know she was there and. How has that happened in your own life? Where has been that quiet interceding of Mary in your life? When did you look back, and even though you didn't maybe realize it at the time, after seeing how everything turned out, was it obvious that our Blessed Mother was silently helping you all along the way? You can call in and share your experience of how Mary is helping you to live out the resurrection as we celebrate this season of Easter. Studio line 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, email innerlife at relevantradio.com. More to come here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Sean Grismer, looking at Mary and her role in our lives, what we can learn about what she experienced during that time between the resurrection and the Feast of Pentecost, and 
We're taking your calls as well. You can share how Mary has been working in your life. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. And Father, before we go back to the phones, uh, how has Mary affected your own life? How has she been that intercessor for you? Uh, it's a, a really great question. I, I, you know, and I love hearing the stories about our Blessed Mother and um, because she's been so tender in my own life. Uh, I'll just share one one sort of story of when I was discerning whether or not to enter seminary, so it's about over a decade ago, I was praying at a vocation camp, and um, I remember I had all these fears, you know, all these fears about, like, where I would go, what I would do, um, who would be there, would I know anybody, and I just had so many fears. Uh, I remember we were, we were praying, we were praying the rosary together, and it was the, the birth of our Lord, and you know, that the sort of meditation prayer where you kind of imagine yourself at the scene. And that's what I was doing. And I was at the scene of, the, of Jesus being born. And I was just telling Mary, I was like, I'm just so scared. I'm like so like filled with anxiety and fear. And I'm, I'm sort of paralyzed. And I remember this sort of moment um, where you, 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 I could see her and I could just hear these like the words of our Blessed Mother. It's like in the inner part of my heart. But she just said, Sean, when, when I'm with you, like, you have nothing to fear. And I'm like, yeah, but, but, right? <laughs> There's that but, like, but I have all of these hesitancies, and what if I make a mistake, and what if it's not right for me, and, and all of these things. And, and, I, and, and she sh- just, again, this inner part of my heart said, Sean, when I said yes to the angel Gabriel, I didn't know where I was going to go or what I was going to do. But I didn't know that my son would be beaten in front of me. I didn't know that he would die before my eyes. And I can promise you that what, what you go through, which is really what I was afraid of, was just suffering, um, you won't experience anything worse than I did. And when you do suffer, I will be there with you at the foot of your cross, at the foot of your cross like I was at the foot of my son's cross. And it just filled me with courage. So, so the thing that I love about her most um, and this is because she speaks to us individually as God does too, but like she spoke to that, that masculine part of my heart that just needed courage, that just spoke and just said, you can, you, I'm with you and you're going to go through difficulties and all the things, but, but I'm with you. Um, and it gave me the courage to go to the vocation director and say, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to join and I want, you know, I want to apply. Um, and, and, and just as I pondered that more and more through my life, I just realized that was such an invitation to all Christians, right, that, and to all Catholics, but that whenever we do suffer, which we will, Mary stands at the foot of our cross to give us that hope and that confidence that the cross is not the destination. It's merely a means of transportation to the resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. The cross isn't the destination. Her standing there tells me it's a means of transportation to the resurrection. And so it gave me hope and courage and confidence to walk forward and to say, this is what I wanted to do. So thanks for asking that question, Josh. Yeah. It, 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 she has been such an integral part of my own life and my vocation, but in the entirety of my life. So thank you for asking. Yeah, I love the fact that you, <laughs> your, your kind of inner dialogue there, too. It wasn't that Mary was telling you, yeah. oh, it's all right. You're not going to face any difficulties. Everything's going to be great. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> some sort of car salesman line or anything. It was, no, you're going to face yeah. some tough times, but it will be okay. Yeah. 
I love that. Our, our spiritual director, Father Sean Grismer. And Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Sean, who's listening in Austin, Texas. Hi, Sean. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Father Sean, I so appreciate you being here today. Um, I'm, I'm struggling right now. My, my wife of 30 years left me in September, and I've been struggling ever since, and I've made a lot of mistakes and done a lot of wrong things since then. And I, you made me remember when you started talking about Mary's confidence in the resurrection. You made me remember a time when my wife and I first were married. We had three kids in three years right after we got married. We were poor as dirt, barely making it. And I was scared out of my, out of my mind that I was not going to be able to support these kids. And I, my mother-in-law, who was my wife's mother, had a serious devotion to Mary. And we prayed a rosary every week as a group. And I just started praying the rosary daily and saying, Mary, I need, I need something. I, I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, I said, I need, I, I need to get a different kind of job so that I can take care of this family. And I prayed that for, for a few months. An opportunity came open at the post office to apply for a job, and I didn't have any experience. I didn't have any military, and everybody told me I would never get hired, and all I did, I said, I said I'm going to do my best to see what it takes, but I'm going to pray to Mary every day, even though I'm going to do all that I, it takes to get hired. And sure enough, I did well on the exam. I got accepted. I got hired. I've been working for the post office for 29 years, and... Uh, I just remember that she saved me and she made it so that I could raise my family in a respectable way and give them everything they needed. And I'd forgotten all of that until you talked about her confidence today. And I just, I just thank you for that. Sean, it's a, it's a pleasure. Thank you for, for having the courage to share so vulnerably with us and, um, first off, wonderful name, right? It just have a beautiful name that, you know, the, the name Sean means God's gift, right? And our, our names yeah, are significant, you know? Our names are significant to our families and to the places that God has us. And so the fact that your name means God's gift um, is no coincidence. And I'm just going to say a prayer with you real quick, Sean. God, thank you, and I praise you for your son, Sean, and for his courage and his confidence and his vulnerability. Lord, I pray that every act of faithfulness that you've given to him in his life would would be culminated in this moment, in this time where he finds himself and what the difficulty and the darkness that he finds himself right now, that you would be the light of his world and that you would show yourself that you are Savior, that as you led him out of Egypt in the past, so you will do so again because you are faithful and you are unchanging, God. I thank you for this son of yours, for his courage and confidence. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So, Sean, thank you. Thank you for sharing so um, so vulnerably with us and, and for reminding us that even if it's years ago, God has given us each courage and he's given us faithfulness. Yeah. And although and, sometimes it doesn't seem like yesterday. And Sean, be aware that, uh, you know, there are thousands of people who just joined together with Father Grismer here and praying for you as well. And I know that they will continue to pray for you as I will too. And we'll pray for your marriage, um, that things can be resolved and worked out there. So thank you again for calling in. 
Uh, Again, our studio line here, 888-914-9149. As we talk about Mary working in our lives and Mary, uh, that that experience between the time of the resurrection and the Feast of Pentecost and how she was that quiet role there, but still so powerful in the life of our Lord, the life of the Church, the birth of the Church coming forward on Pentecost. Let's go back to the phones, Father. We've got Anne, who's listening in Chicago. Hi, Anne. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Yeah, hi. Um, I just want to mention, I'm sort of seconding what um, Sean um, was saying, uh, the Blessed Mother found my husband a job under very difficult circumstances, very difficult. And um, she brought him to a Catholic hospital where he became their number one carpenter um, out of maybe 200 applicants that were standing in line. And the the thing about that was uh, my younger brother was um, a sign salesman, and he was walking through that hospital that same day. And the thing is, no one... He never knew my husband was applying for that job, and my husband was not aware he was going to be there. And he saw him standing in line, and the supervisor was there, and he said, oh, boy. Uh, He goes, that's my brother-in-law. He said, great carpenter. He goes, we need a good carpenter. And uh, my husband's from Yugoslavia, and, and it just so happens that they knew that there was a very good gift of carpentry in that in that nation. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's 36 years ago. And we had five children, um, uh, seven in all, but um, two did not make it. And um, I often go back to that and just, um, my husband's not Catholic, he's Orthodox. And I think the one thing that drew him to the mother, because he they didn't practice, the, the um, Communist Party just devastated those regions. And they gave, they obliterated any kind of um, reverence for Mary. And although the old women did, the kids didn't practice. And at that point, my husband was a kid. And um, that's the bereftment, if that's even a word, of, of um, what the devil through the Communist Party can do to people. But the Blessed Mother redeems them and her quiet, constant commitment and care for the needs of families. And I would, I just want to say that um, the, one of the thieves on the cross, Didymus, um, evidently saw Mary and Joseph on their way to Egypt and he was going to sack them until he met eyes with the Blessed Mother and said, just leave her alone. And they said that at the cross, he saw her again and she just looked up at him, and I don't know, you know, whether this is folktale, but I tend to think it's not. And that that at that moment he turned to Jesus and asked through her to Christ, remember me in your kingdom. So, Sean, take take heart in that, and um, that's what I wanted to say. Thanks, Anne. That's a beautiful story, and, and just to, to, you know, reemphasize that nothing is coincidence when it comes to our Lord or our Blessed Mother, right? That your husband applying for that job and um, the, those other people who happen to be there that know that Yugoslavians have a great uh, ability to be carpenters, 
all that, all that's significant and that Our Lady, she sets it up for us. And we don't have to control things, right? We can let go of that control and know that it's in her hands. And we just do our daily, daily duty and our daily faithfulness. And Jesus works all things out through his Blessed Mother. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that story. Beautiful. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, Anne. Father Grismer, um, we're down to just a couple minutes here, but before we wrap up the hour, if somebody's listening and they maybe don't have a very strong devotion to Mary, uh, they really haven't ever entered into asking for her intercession, what's a good place for somebody to start? I think just... If, just asking Jesus, like, Jesus, help me to love your mother as you did, right? Because whether we're, whether we're Protestant or whether we're Catholic or whether we're atheist, and we start, start making some sort of a prayer, we say, Jesus, help me to love Mary like you did. We, we pray this all the time. We always pray, like, Jesus, help me to love other people as you did, as you do. So why not about our Blessed Mother? And if I'm hesitant or if I have, like, some, maybe I, I, maybe I struggled with, mother figures in my life, whether it be teachers or, um, or or tutors or things like that, I can have a hesitancy. But if I just say, Jesus, help me to love your mother as you do, my love and my reverence for her will, will naturally grow because I start to love with Christ's heart, Christ's love. So I think that's a beautiful place to start, you know, and then pray a Hail Mary, you know, we, we, we take baby steps and and eventually we can grow into having a, a greater devotion to her and understanding her role in salvation history and, and how Jesus tr- desires to save his people. So I think just starting small, starting small and allowing that to grow um, and, and becoming curious, becoming curious about her as we have today with the conversation and the questions and reading different articles or books that, that talk about her can help us understand, I think, more fully. Yeah, and understanding, too, I think, that her goal, just as we were talking about earlier in the hour, is always to bring Jesus to others and bring others to her son oh, so that they get to know him absolutely. better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Father Sean Grismer. She never holds us to herself. No, right, right. Yeah, Father Sean Grismer, our spiritual director, and uh, we're down to just about 30 seconds here, Father. Can I ask you to give a final blessing for all of our listeners today? Absolutely. So God, I thank you and I praise you for all of those who are listening live or recorded. I thank you for their faithfulness, their love, and their desire to know you more. Jesus, I pray that through our Blessed Mother, we might come to a greater appreciation of who you are and the love that you have for us and understand the saving work that you've given um, so that we might have eternal life in you. Come Holy Spirit and be with us. And may Almighty God bless each of you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right. Thank you, Father Grismer, for joining us here on The Inner Life today. Thank you for listening. Sorry for those uh, of you who called in and we weren't able to get to your calls. But I hope you'll be able to join us tomorrow as we're going to talk with Father Joseph Ilo and discuss building and fostering that parish community uh, here on The Inner Life. And, of course, if you missed any part of the program here earlier today, you can always go online at RelevantRadio.com or to the Relevant Radio app and download the entire podcast. want to say thanks to Nick Schmitz and Patrick Alog for helping to run everything behind the scenes. And of course, want to encourage you to grow in that love and devotion to our Blessed Mother. Pray the Rosary every day. It'll change your life and you're going to change the world with your prayers. And stay tuned. Mass is coming up next with Father Ed Looney as our celebrant. <laughs> 